Another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Troop Scout Leader, Dustin Lays with Beef Wall, across from me in the clubhouse today. This is Denim Smoking Dart Wall. Nice. Today I am Denim Day 8 on the Patch <laughs> Wall. Wearing patches back. And in between the two wall boys, you have myself, I'm Miles, a.k.a. Chief Runs with Bins. Thanks for joining me in the clubhouse today, boys. I'd love to say that we have a good one lined up for you. <laughs> But before we decide that, we have to get into the straight arrow oath. So for those of you in scout uniform, three fingers salute. Is this count as a uniform? Yeah, your bathrobe is technically (laughs) your only set of clothing. (laughs) And for those at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow knows a truck is a force. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can we get a round table? Wima Tanya! Wima Tanya! <laughs> it's always, when we're getting ready for an episode, we're already drinking beer, so it's really hard because we have to make sure that we have one and not crack it. Until we say our first woman, Tanya. Dustin, crack two beers. (laughs) We started playing BTO, and just the Canadian in me just started cracking beers, okay? So I have three full beers in front of me. And we are wrapping our hometown with Proud today in the clubhouse. I'm drinking a Longwood Brewery Honey Hop Pale Ale. Yes, I just finished that one. It was delicious. I I got Vancouver Island Brewing. I believe this is still from Victoria. But it does have a Nanaimo Bar Porter flavor, which is delicious. I'm saving that one. I'm going to have one of them later. Yeah, I'm going to have one of them later, too. I have two Vancouver Island (laughs) Victoria Lagers in front of me and one Longwood Brew Pub (laughs) Honey Hop. So far, the Honey Hop is delicious. Yeah, I guess further, this one is is, is called Faller Northwest Pale Ale. (laughs) The guy who shows up with no beers has three three on the (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to need extra beers for this uh, for this episode. <laughs> Before we get right into this episode, uh, I would like to open up some listener feedback and thank our boy, Tyler. You know who you are. He's shared some of the merch that he got with us, and we're so happy that it fits. He's uh, He reached out to us and sent us a picture of the merch that he got. 
Mm-hmm. I got to see this. It's pretty dope. Yeah, so thank you for supporting the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. This one's for you. Wimitanya! I'm just getting every excuse to drink. <laughs> because that was the only listener feedback we had, and now we're into some episode info. So this is Peggy's pageant fever. It is the sixth episode of season three and the 41st episode of King of the Hill overall. Originally aired on November 10th, 1998. This episode is written by Norm Hiscock, who, I mean, he's becoming quite a series regular. This is only his third episode of his 11 total written, but this is all since Propane Boom. So that's in like seven episodes. He wrote three of them. And I mean, like everybody has a bad couple weeks at work, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, his other ones. Perfect. His other ones, as I was saying, Propane Boom and Bobby Love. Yeah. So, so like he's got some solid ones. ones under his belt. Um, and this is directed by Tricia Garcia, who uh, this is her third as well. She did directed a total of twenty in her career here. Um, the Sun That Got Away and Leanne's Saga were her other ones. So it's been a while since we've seen a Tresia episode. Right, right. Uh, synopsis in this one is Peggy Wants a Truck. <laughs> Here you go, Shug. The episode begins with Peggy over at Nancy's and Nancy's telling her her excitement that she gets to judge the, is it Mrs. Arlen Beauty pageant? Mrs. Mrs. Heimlich County. Mrs. Heimlich yeah, County. Bigger than just Arlen. Did yeah. you guys happen to notice this, the photographs? Yeah, the beautiful <laughs> family portrait of, you know, her Joseph Dale. Her healer. <laughs> who has rippling abs. Yeah. <laughs> Shirtless John Redcord with his luscious hair Flowing in the wind, and then there beside that is her beauty pageant photo. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's almost as ridiculous as Peggy's excitement uh, after she understand learns that there's going to be a truck uh, involved mm-hmm. in winning. Or what does Nancy say? She says that they go all out with the prizes <laughs> at Miss Heimlich County. And they offer a year lease on a Chevy pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the whole episode, you're led to believe that it's about, uh, like, it's like, like Peggy Peggy's thinks gonna she's going to win a truck. In a truck. This is winning no. a year lease? Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. Like, I hate, I hate when Connors do that. Like, um, Tim Horton's Roll of the Rim. Every year mm-hmm. that rolls around. And every year I'm disappointed when it is also a lease. Is it? Yeah. Is yeah. the, is the top like prize. Honda Civic. It's like, lease so lame. Yeah. So what um, else you got in there? <laughs> well, I'll in, just take uh, the donut. <laughs> in Canada, I don't believe there's like much rules on like they don't tax you on your winnings or nothing. Mm. But I know that like um, places like uh, Price is Right and everything, when they give out prizes, it's just you have to pay all the taxes. So it's like, here's a twenty thousand dollar car. Now pay us like five thousand dollars. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I won this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's pretty weak. Like Aaron Paul, Jesse Pigman from Breaking Bad. There's like a very famous clip of him that's around the internet of him when he was like super young and he was on The Price is Right and he was so stoked to be on it and he like actually got to like fuck yeah science (laughs) to go do one of like one of the games and he ended up winning uh, a bedroom set like a fully furnished bedroom set. But he's just like I didn't live in the town. I had to pay the taxes and like to move it like to where I was living. He's just like it wasn't worth it. He never took it. (laughs) Never got the prize. That reminds me of that BA song. 
Will the guy from Mexico know how much a snowmobile costs? What will that drunk frat boy do with his living room set? Why is there so much talk about turtle wax? It looks like the Barker beauties have been dipped in turtle wax. Showcase showdown and bounce. Fat woman spins the wheel, yo, she falls down. Oh, I love you, price is right. Plinko's all that I know, and the couch is the only place I want to roam. Oh, I love you, price is right. Uh, yeah, I think I saw that on like, I think I saw, what was that drunk guy? Yeah. Um, I think I saw that on uh, Camel or something. Yeah. Where he was. It's super funny. That. He's just like, you're Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the truck's got Peggy thinking that this, that this is, might be a viable option. Like she thinks like she might be able to win it, which I, I don't, I have a lot of problems with this episode. <laughs> um, and they aren't just and you're going to hear about them <laughs> yeah, throughout. And this is the first one is that like at no point does Peggy really want the, tr- I mean, I guess she goes to test that drive the truck, but like that it just, it all feels like she never should be in this place in this situation in the first place. It sounds like she's using the truck as like an outward excuse when really she wants to get back at all the pretty girls. Maybe, school. maybe, but that also isn't very clear. Like, it's not like, it's told to us that she wants the truck. Yeah. But the truck just doesn't feel like that good of a, like, she's always been happy with her Buick. I'm happy with her Buick. <laughs> Buick's right. a nice, reliable car. They'll mm-hmm. run forever. Where her heart goes, <laughs> the Buick follows. Exactly. <laughs> like, but they're talking about it, and uh, Nancy goes, that opened up all sorts of, you know, doors for me. You know, it got me my career as a weather analyst and all this and that, and like, that means nothing to Peggy. It is the one-year lease on that new Chevy Silverado. It's it is. Like, it's hollow. And I just think from the very start, I'm not on Peggy's side with entering this contest to be like at all. Honestly, I found myself on Nancy's side for like this whole episode. Well, I'm on anybody else's side because not only because <laughs> not only is Nancy like that's Nancy's world. Nancy's Nancy's the focus because she's excited to be. Back, to be picked uh, yeah. to judge this because of where it has gotten her. Okay, there's lots of time. Yeah, we just yeah. started to to bash to bash everything, but we move on to the next scene. It's Hank and Peggy in bed. One down. And good on you. And Peggy delivers to Hank one of the most loaded questions <laughs> of all time. You see, Peggy, that's what you call a loaded question. No matter how I answer, there's a bullet in every chamber designed to blow my brains out. <laughs> she asked if he thinks she can win. Yeah. yeah. Win a beauty pageant. You say, As he's going to sleep. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he doesn't even have pants on. How is he ready for this? I love this scene because I would shot from like Hank with his back towards Peggy. You just see him like flinch when he has her. It's just like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because like, it's like <laughs> this, is, this is the start of the episode where I kind of was like, oh man, like this is going to be a good, like we're going to see what Hank really thinks about this. But Hank in this episode just has no backbone, and he acts so out of character. Well, like, what can he say? No. Exactly. Like, he, like, I mean, he can. That's what we all wanted him to say. But he, as a husband, he can't say no. He's going to be paying for that for the rest of his life if he tells her no. Well, he says, yeah. What is it? What, he's going to be a liar? Yeah. I think he tiptoed around the question very well by saying, I think you're not pageant material. Like, you, like, you don't need to prove all yeah. this to someone else. Like, I, don't think... I think you're beautiful and smart. That's all that matters. I don't think pageants are really your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good, 
good call, Hank. Now go to sleep. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> no, like, call that a victory. <laughs> and I like he's like, what's wrong with your Buick? Yeah, but we have the uh, like one of the most irritating, if not the most irritating scene from the episode, in my opinion, is when Peggy starts to grade herself. Oh. With her her A plus brain yeah. and her A it's minus like how she body. She grades papers. Yeah, she... trip to New York. Mm, C. Yeah. <laughs> she gives her body a B minus, her face an A minus, and I believe her brains an A plus. A plus. Hey, then... you know what? That's conservative compared to how Bill rates her. <laughs> that is. Good. That is. Honest. And I like that she uh, like mentions her Spanish is going to be like her talent. Oh God! And you know what? If she had that talent, it would have been because yes. that judge was stoked. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes, he was. But again, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Hank, a car is fine, but a truck is a force. True. True. Preach. <laughs> I don't own a truck. <laughs> yeah, me either. I do. I don't, own a car. <laughs> I don't. I don't own a vehicle of my own. You own a pretty handsome bathrobe. <laughs> I do. Got it for Christmas. So the next scene, uh, we have probably just after uh, Peggy asked Luann to be her stylist, and Luann is beyond excited. She is super hyper, super happy. She... This is her field. Yeah, this, this is, is her, her shit. This she gets. This is her time to shine. Like, mm-hmm. we can also mention that she has her hair back. Right. Yeah, it's fully, fully it's Luann back style. To Luann. Yep. Right. She is. She is her own woman, and I think it's pretty apt because if she was like kind of short haired or stubby, she may not feel as confident as she would be around the. You know what? That might add added some good character to this episode that lacks in <laughs> severely in character. <laughs> and it, like honestly, I would say I. Kind of, and I'm not. This is the last time I'm going to preach about this, but they <laughs> I doubt it. They went a really good. They went a really uh, noticeable route of like letting her hair grow back, mm-hmm. but they didn't really focus any episodes around it. And last week, when I said that they were gonna, fo- like, I hoped that the Luann episode was coming because it looked like it was building up to it with her hair. Mm-hmm. You know, like I thought that was maybe going to be some center around, like, okay, let's come back to her. How she's dealing mm-hmm. with her hair, her mm-hmm. looks, and Buckley, and everything. Like, and we never really, it never, it, like, and this would have been the perfect opportunity, but they went a different route on here. And I, I do think the Luann bits are good because, like, I do think that Peggy's a total bitch to everybody in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and I think Luann's reactions are completely justified, and I really do like Le- Luann in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I would have liked to have seen, if not this episode, a different episode. Where Luann was just a bigger player for for a week. Yeah, I agree with you because there was a lot of build up, at least for us. And having the running gag was really exciting. But you're right; it kind of just falls flat. Having when it, it is full length, it's a Peggy episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I like it could have been that like Luann was like you know when Buck saying like oh you could be the like model like if Luann was like oh my hair isn't good enough so I can't be like mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, that would be a lot more interesting to watch. So, I would like a Luann beauty pageant episode. Yeah, I guess it's just, she's not Mrs. or 23, so... No. Fair enough. Um, but, of course, Luann's head swimming with ideas, and one of them is she wants to see Peggy's hair dried naturally. <laughs> which Peggy's like, don't get too crazy. I don't know. What, but, is, what is 
Peggy think? Just a nice dress and some earrings and some lipstick. That'll, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll win, win the win contest. Like, no oof. problem. In the bag. It's like, fuck, have you ever seen a fucking beauty pageant before, Peggy? Or a like, mirror. I feel like the misses really threw Peggy off. Like, misses? Like, oh, it's all, all like people like me. It's like, no, the one regulation is you have to be married and over, tw- or 23 or over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She thinks because she hits those two qualifications, she's a shoe in. Exactly. She thinks she's unique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Hank's talking about the Vortec. I guess we could take this opportunity to discuss. The, yeah, man, uh, we're talking about them dang two hundred seven horsepower man on skid plate and the Z seven one off road suspension man on dang dang K five man, dang. K five said seventy one. Yes. Yeah, see, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even have to do any research on that truck. Boomhauer did it for me. <laughs> but I will translate it for our Canadian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> what he means by Z seventy one is actually <laughs> Z seventy oh. one. So if you like, okay. if you ever find yourself in a Yamaha shop in Oregon, like I once did a few years ago, and you ask for the YZ parts. <laughs> <laughs> You will be ridiculed. I know. You and, know what? Uh, I, go, I went down to the swap meet in uh, Portland, Oregon, and and there they always refer to Camaros Z28s, and I'm like, dude, it is Z28. That sounds cool. Z28. What the hell is this? It's Z, like a zebra. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's a, what, 1999 uh, Chevy Silverado 1500, the truck? I think they said 98, but I can't remember. 98, yeah. yeah. I, anyway. I would have just assumed November 98 would have been. It is a, it's a handsome handsome pickup, though. It's a, those are good yeah. years for the Chevys. And then the fellas learn that Hank's not just talking about a truck he's going to buy. Mm-hmm. It's a truck that Peggy's got to win. Yeah. All Peggy's got to do to get that truck is to win the Mrs. Heimlich County pageant. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's right, yep. (laughs) So Dale and Boomhauer have very logical reactions. The reactions we would have if we were friends with Hank. (laughs) Bill, however. Peggy's going to win. She's every man's fantasy. Uh, okay, Bill, I'll take over from here. I mean, she's got an A-plus brain and an A-minus body, but if she wears one of them push-up brassiers... Bill! <laughs> she'll have a body that just won't quit. Just won't quit. She jumped a letter grade, like an A-minus? No! Oh, oh, what fucking world live Bill lives on where Peggy's every man's fantasy, I mean, she's far from it. We read the do's and don'ts of animation. Peggy is not ever allowed to be drawn too shapely. <laughs> yeah that is true and speaking of peggy as we'll be speaking of her a lot this episode the next scene we find her at none other than lane prattley chevrolet and she's taking potential trophy truck out for a test drive it's in the bag yeah no doubt and this is actually the first appearance i didn't recognize him at first because I, I believe the character changes a bit i know that we see him very soon but lane prattley is a reoccurring character on king of the hill who makes 12 appearances uh oh, wow over the show i, I did voices? like him that's cool who that voices he's coming him? back well, this is something that's... This episode, it wasn't... It, he was not credited in. But the next episode, I believe the next one we're doing, uh, Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men, Lane Prattley's in it in a much bigger role uh, with more speaking. And his... He's voiced by one of my all-time favorites in the next episode. But after that... Lane Biscuit? Uh, Fred Durst, no. Damn. Uh, other... My other all-time favorite. I guess I have to wait. But after that episode, it goes back to... Um, or not back to, but... It, 
Dave Thomas does it, and he's someone we've talked founder about. Of Dave Wendy's? Thomas, the founder of Wendy's. Yeah, it was like one of the last things he did before he kicked the bucket. Shut up. No, <laughs> no way. Dave no. Thomas is dead? Different Dave Thomas. <laughs> Different Dave Wait, Thomas. Denim, do you know who called me the other day? Is it Dave Thomas? Wendy. Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, his name's Dave Thomas. I believe we, he, I, I recognize his, his IMDb picture. We've talked about him before. He's just one of those career voice actors who Well, does... I see him in the commercials all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's famous. All right, what's the next? What's the next? Oh, we're well, still we're talking still, about the test We're still on the test drive. We're with Mr. Lane Prattley, and he's doing his uh, salesman routine. He's... And he's pretty good at it because yeah. he, he works at Peggy's Weakness, which is obviously her vanity, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shows off the mirror and says, you know. What's it going to take for you to buy this truck today? Oh, I'm not planning on buying it. I'm planning on winning it in a beauty contest. Test drive's over. <laughs> So I'm assuming that that kind of sounded like Johnny Hardwick to me, but a little bit, a little yeah, bit. I see it. But uh, yeah, next episode we it's see definitely him. Definitely be a regular. Like, yeah, yeah, for somebody sure. Somebody just around. Yeah. So next episode he's he's a different character more or less, but the same name. So after the test drive's over, Peggy uh, goes in to you know their first uh, meeting at Hotel Arlen for the Mrs. Heimlich County beauty pageant contestants and. Uh, the meeting's about to start, but before they begin, they had to kick out anybody who <laughs> has no connection to the pageant. And... He takes a big swing <laughs> before he decides he actually isn't. Well, I, I think people start to, like, turn around. <laughs> he realizes he's the odd man out, so he's just going to go wait outside. Yep. And this is where we, uh, we meet Miss Heimlich of last year. Uh, Kathy Shears, she gives a speech. Uh, using the lyrics of Grateful Dead's "Truckin," oh, just her voice, like it's like so similar to Nancy, like it's like it's Nancy. What a long, strange, beautiful trip it's been! And next week, I will add the word "sad" to that list because I will be handing over this crown to the new Mrs. Hamlet County, Peggy Hill. I meant "truckin." You want to know why "truckin"? You told me <laughs> to not download it. Dun, 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 dun. I think that's good enough. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, you told me not to download it, you fuck. And then uh, after the speech, Peggy's allowed to now go mingle with the other contestants. And the first one she talks to, I believe her name is Helen. At this point, Peggy still has confidence because she hasn't talked to anyone in the room yet, <laughs> besides maybe Bill. Actually, she probably didn't talk to Bill. But she doesn't know how more, much more qualified the other contestants are until she meets Helen at the snack table. Now, Helen is voiced by none other than Mary Kay Place, who's an American actress, singer, director, and screenwriter. Place got her start in 1976, starring as Loretta Haggers on the satirical soap opera Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Over a nearly 50-year career, Mary Kay had numerous high-profile acting jobs in such films as Private Benjamin, The Big Chill, Captain Ron, The Rainmaker, and also three episodes of King of the Hill. Now, Place also hosted Saturday Night Live in 1977 and is one of the few hosts of all time to also star as the musical guest, where she sang a duet with none other than our good friend Willie Nelson. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so she's had, a, she's had a pretty cool life. I'm happy that she gives she it to She does it all, hey? And she's a beauty pageant winner? Yeah. Or at least contestant. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what else was she on King of the Hill? Um, I didn't write like that voice, down. Like voices Just all every time? Don't spoil it. Yeah, I guess we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, but she doesn't play Helen again. It's different. Yeah. Different. Okay. 
But uh, obviously, Helen's life is way, I mean, more <laughs> successful, better, more impressive than Peggy's. <laughs> Peggy's it... a substitute teacher. She's a science teacher at a, is it a high school? Uh, full time at the <laughs> high school. <laughs> <laughs> what do you teach? Espanol. <laughs> oh, I spent a summer in Spain. Yeah, and that's where she met my husband, the engineer. The kind that drives a train? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to look out for you. You're very congenial. I love it. Peggy has no idea what congenial means. <laughs> she's backhandedly roasting Peggy because she's no, she's not smart enough to figure it out. It's good. It's good. I it love is it. good. Um,. This is, like, definitely where Peggy kind of starts to realize that she is not adequate enough for this. I need to have more kids. Well, yeah. Is this, does she lie to this one or is it the next one about having eight kids? Either uh, way, it doesn't matter. But it's, it's the next one. she starts lying about things and now she's – and, like, she starts being a total bitch to everybody in her life. And it's just, like, mm-hmm. it makes her unlikable as a character. I'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like we haven't been there already, but yeah, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Uh, I got some things to say, but this is when this is when you start to see Peggy starting to crack under the pressure, and it's just, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, she, she starts to feel really overwhelmed by everyone else's like success, and like there's only the one other contestant who Peggy feels above, and that was the young twenty-three-year-old with. Like, well, right now I'm majoring in philosophy and classical music. Oh, how nice for you. Well, that'll get you a job in a factory when you get out of college. <laughs> That's what my mom says, too. <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, Angela Kinsey has a voice credit role. Okay. Cool. And there was, no, there was no Angela. So I'm assuming this is who Angela Kinsey voiced. It looks like Angela Kinsey. It does, <laughs> yes. And for those of you who haven't listened to any of our other episodes where we talk about Angela Kinsey, she's Angela from The Office. Mm-hmm. And yes, she... and there's a fun relation to... Greg Daniels. Um, go mm-hmm. back and listen to, is it the How to Fire a Rifle Without Really Trying? I believe that's the one. Yes, because they go by the gun from Angela mm-hmm. at the Megalomart. Mm-hmm. The Megalomart shot before the But after Helen, yeah, Peggy talks to two more ladies. One of them was the younger one, and another one, she brags about how many kids she has. Do you have any children? Eight. No, I only have one. <laughs> But it's you're right, Denim. It takes her so quickly to crack and start to assimilate to what these people want, right? Like she's so like, let's shake it up, let's be different. Like I'm smart, and it's about my personality. And then she like meets them, and then she's just like, oh, I I'm just like you. I'm cool. I'm cool like you. Exactly. And I think it it fails for me because like I don't care that Peggy's here. Like I don't like for her to lose this. She loses nothing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to pay for a truck after a year. There's nothing on the line. Like, there's nothing on the line for her in this contest. So, I mean, like, it just, I, like, I don't believe that she should be here. Not because I don't believe that she should be in a pageant, which I don't. But I just don't believe that she needs this. Like, and it's, like, not really... It's not really stressed that she needs this for herself because she doesn't need – at no point is she like, oh, I am as pretty as these other girls. She mm-hmm. goes there under the assumption that they're all like her. 
Mm-hmm. And like at no point even after this, I, it's just stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just no, so you're dumb. Right, it is dumb. And I and I think like did we mention that this place is Hotel Arlen? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Say. Would you have caught me? jacking up your pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been. This is it. This is it during the daytime. <laughs> that would have been a nice cameo of Cotton was there, but that would have ended the episode instantly. Yeah. What are you doing here, Hank's wife? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if Cotton was another judge oh <laughs> well i was mr hamlet count in 1944 <laughs> well we had to come back and cut up terry jerry <laughs> <laughs> but uh i do recall that the first time i watched this episode i like had only laughed like twice until the next scene one of them was with the car and the other one i can't even remember uh but the next scene where bobby is looking at some old photos yeah, see, yeah, is, so, you know, Bobby, this is a pretty, this is a funny bit, um, but I swear to God, when we watched this, I was like, I've seen this before in yeah, an episode still we adamant. talked about, and I'm, I'm convinced, I looked it up, and I didn't watch every episode, but I, I looked at, I couldn't find it, I'm convinced maybe it was like a deleted scene in something else. But or maybe I. But a scene where Bobby's been. looking at an older photo of Peggy. That's the exact same exchange. We'll play the exchange. <laughs> Little Bobby Hill, you rascal, you. Hmm. That's when you used to put your food everywhere but in your mouth. I was young. I didn't know any better. Oh, I haven't seen this photo in such a long time. Who's that kissing Dad? Well, that's me, honey. Really? You were beautiful. Were? Oh, Bobby, I still am. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought this, I totally thought this was from a different episode. I, I guess it's not, but maybe it was a deleted scene, but I felt like we for sure saw this in an episode and talked about this joke already, but. I mean, I feel like it's too early mm-hmm. for them to start reusing stuff like that. Like, sure, they can reuse scenes, like the one that we noticed in the last episode, Driving to mm-hmm. Vegas, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they reuse this exchange, but I mean, you're very adamant and you're usually right about things. I guess so... it might be that I just saw a, like, a video, like, Maybe just that clip, clip or something, it, yeah. I don't know, Maybe. but I felt like we totally discussed it, but. That happens to me often, is that I'll, just, I'll see it on the internet and then. It just totally screws up my perception of what episode it was from or where yeah. it had originally came That's from. True. But a little bit of deja vu. And it was the the last photo that Bobby looks at. Oh, the, the giant, the, the tallest, oh. the tallest roadrunner. Yeah. Are you still having those nightmares where he pecks out your eyes? I forgot about those. Good. You go ahead. You take it. Well, my well, dream well. car, nineteen sixty nine Plymouth Roadrunner. What? Uh, have you seen that trunk? It is huge. <laughs> I think we're on the same page here. Where I think we are. Now, I think the Roadrunner... Wait. That was, I think it's no. the biggest Mopar. Okay. No. Are we going to talk about the world's largest Roadrunner or the world's largest Roadrunner up? Ooh, I'm, I like that. I have them Let's both. talk about the Roadrunner up in this... Uh... So that's who I imagine Bobby took the picture with. It yeah. None other than... <laughs> was it Paysano Pete? Yeah, Is that yeah, how it's pronounced? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it would be... Uh, Paysano yeah. I think it's Passan Pete. No. <laughs> it's not that. That's pretty much it, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess Pasano. Pasano, uh, Pesano? I don't know. Paisano. Paisano. Like Mario. He's yeah. located in Fort Stockton, Texas, and he was the world's biggest roadrunner at 11 feet tall, 22 feet long, up until 1993. Wow, that's big. Aren't they small birds? Yeah, but this is the world's biggest, right? Yeah, but I mean, okay. that uh, That's like five times bigger than I thought they got. <laughs> it's a statue. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five times. I thought they were like really small. Oh. Yeah, they're like velociraptors. <laughs> That's really funny. But there is a usurper to the throne. Yeah, fuck this. It's made out of trash. Literally, like, made out of garbage. He doesn't have a cool name. No, nobody knows who built it, what his name is. His He's... stomach's made out of shoes. Okay, wait, so yeah. who made Paws on Pate? Um, uh, I think it was Mayor Gene Cunning. He commissioned the statue yes, for a did. local uh, Fort Stockton uh, What's resident. What's the reason? There's a lot of roadrunners there. Like, it's a desert town. And they'll see him just, you know, scurrying around like roadrunners. That's seriously my dream car, though. Yeah. The 69. Yeah. Yeah. It is probably that town's most photographed area. And what I thought was really fun is that at Christmas time, they put a little Santa suit on him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, if you Google uh, that roadrunner with Santa, you'll, you'll see what I mean. I'm going to Google it. Can that, I have a beer, too? But, yeah, this, this other statue... It's much bigger, but as Dustin mentioned, it is made out of, like, trash that the dude cherry-picked out of the, uh... I'll have mine enamel bar, too, please. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a Roadrunner is, like, 50 to 62 centimeters, so... What? We don't even have those in the metric system. You want to open it away that from your computer? It is the metric system. I know, but we don't have Roadrunners in Canada. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay, that's Get him. You can open spray it. Open or you could spray it. Oh, is this the one that you... Dummied? <laughs> but this, this other, this guard, this roadrunner made out of garbage, this statue. Not a real roadrunner come to life made out of shoes. <laughs> yeah, and like, like we mentioned, like it doesn't have a name because I did want to mention that Paisano Pate, Paisano, Paisano <laughs> Pete, he, uh, there was a name the roadrunner contest that was held uh, around town for 50 bucks to the best suggestion. 50 bucks goes to the yeah. most confusing name to pronounce to <laughs> <Yeah>. Canadians. <laughs> and pass on pit. One. That's but, a cool statue, actually. I kind of mm -hmm. like it. I like its eye. But the other one is, like, way bigger. It's twice the size. It's 20 feet long and 40 feet, or sorry, 20 feet tall and 40 feet long. Yeah, but they're yeah. just trying to steal the thunder. And you can they tell are. that that town's just like, yeah. Oh, it's so cute when it's Santa. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can oh, tell. Oh, I like it on race like, day. Yeah, they he's put not a little. They, tallest anymore, but we still love him. On race day, <laughs> yeah. they put a like a neckerchief on it. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's awesome. He's this awesome. is definitely. This one wins the most loved yeah. uh, Roadrunner. Like, the, 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 the Roadrunner statue. I would, I would be scared of this thing pecking my eyes out. <laughs> the one made out of garbage is located in. La, Las Cruces, New Mexico. That's right. So I'm, ima I'm imagining that there's a lot of tension. Maybe they're high school football rivals too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> One's still the other's mascot, but they're both yeah. roadrunners anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, good times. Okay. Look at this roadrunner, Miles. This is it. That's what I want in fucking Mopar Orange. <laughs> it's like clean. Yeah, denim. It is clean. It can is we? Oh wait. Can we talk about? Can we? Can we remember how Peggy's like? Peggy's like, just like the worst mother ever right now. Because she's bringing up an old nightmare that her son got over. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose. Because she, out of spite. Because, because she's feeling inadequate at some contest that she has no business being in for some reason that she doesn't have. Because well, yeah. because basically. And Mrs. Grandma. All right. All right. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, Bobby goes on to say that he finds Connie's mom pretty. Mm -hmm. And that Mrs. Gribble, oh, oh, she's something else. And Bobby ain't wrong. And, yeah, Peggy feels inadequate. She feels embarrassed, maybe a little. And, uh, yeah, she she puts this nightmare that Bobby has had 
at least five years ago because I'm assuming they would have seen '93 <laughs> or prior yeah. when they saw Pisano Pete. So yeah, you're you're right. Peggy's being an awful person, and we find out in the next scene where Peggy is um, she can't sleep. She's rolling around in bed, and uh, it's not even that late. It's like 9:30. You can see on their alarm clock, and Hank's <laughs> yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa what's no, the matter, Peggy?" So she like briefly turns on the TV, and then she starts. Yeah, she she turns on Cagney and Lacey. Do you guys you guys seen that show? I've never seen that show. I know it's a buddy cop. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a girl girl buddy cop. Uh, TV show mm-hmm. and like I watched uh, some clips of some episodes I don't have a write up on it I just uh, it seemed like it would be entertaining to watch and pretty empowering for women but I did watch like an interview years later yeah. and she's kind of right they they <laughs> lost their looks <laughs> oh well they had, they had a good run they had I a great run they were on, show, they were they were on TV for like 8 years or something was, something like that it was a while um, but Hank Hank tries to soothe Peggy, calm her down a bit, tell her, you know, this is still uh even though he doesn't believe it, and we know that, and Peggy knows that, and Hank knows that, but he's still trying to live best to convince his wife that just to relax, everything will be fine, and just go mm-hmm. to bed. And of course, we hear some shrieks from the room next door. <laughs> oh, no, not my eyes! I thought he stopped having those nightmares. I mean, again, I would have liked to seen Hank take more of a role in this episode. Like, he just... As you expect, as he should, he just goes along with his wife's plan. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's got none of his, like, I don't know, it's weird that the episode's, like, she doesn't have to prove this to Hank. Like, nothing at her home life changes no matter how horrible she is to these people. Mm-hmm. Except for Luann, I suppose. But even then, Luann is talked out of it by Hank for, like, no reason. When mm-hmm. Hank realistically should have went to... Peggy and being like, you're being a total bitch. Like, that's where I want this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll, I, we'll get there. I have a feeling that, like, this whole episode, I mean, like, we're supposed to be, it's supposed to be Peggy's battle. We're supposed to be on it Peggy's is. side. And But there's no reason to no, be. No, I know, because it's not related to anybody else except for Peggy. I know, but the thing is, like, yeah, she's lying about having eight kids when, like, their miracle child is good enough. Like, I, like run. it would come back to, you know, if they even brought this back to them wanting to have kids. Like, no. it's just such a sidestep and just such a misstep at that, I think. I feel like it's like an idea for an episode that had been kicking around that they couldn't get. And I think this is where deleted scenes would have done wonders for us to try to understand and wade through this yeah. tr- this mess of an episode. You Wait. know when like TV shows when they've been on for a while and then the writers get tired and they're like let's just have a week off and then they play one of those episodes that it's just like two people talking like do you remember the time this and do you remember the time that and you <laughs> just get clip clips shows? of old episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is <laughs> the same level of mail clip it show in. show would have been better. But I mean like <laughs> well at least yeah literally realistically would have um, but I mean, like in just in such a strong season, this is such a misstep. This isn't even a season one or two. Anyway, where are we? Peggy needs a sponsor. Peggy needs some money because she needs new outfits. She needs to pay her stylist, uh, uh, and so she goes along with her stylist to see. A uh, local philanthropist. She has to buy a tennis suit. Exactly. There so is she, cost. There is a cost. She sees local philanthropist, Buck Strickland. Mm-hmm. And Buck is beyond accommodating to Luann. He gets her the chair <laughs> that Peggy was about to sit in and says, oh, sit down here. And, you know, Luann's tickled pink. 
And he, he does that weird, creepy, like, I'm a relaxed guy pose on the desk. <laughs> I haven't met you. Well, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Hank has dedicated his life to this man. He's like, is this your daughter? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like, oh, Buck could care less, but he finds the man attractive, and he is more than willing mm-hmm. to uh, order up Debbie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, honestly, like, I think what pushed him over the edge to just say yes is that Peggy started talking. Mr. Strickland, a beauty pageant can be a good promotional opportunity for both the beauty contestant and for the business who sponsors the uh, contestant. I say no more, I'll do it. Debbie, drop me up a company check for $2,000. <laughs> That's the first time we hear Debbie talk, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. like every time we, just, we see Debbie, but we don't hear Debbie. She was just sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, it was when they stayed up late and came up with the hugging idea and she just raised her mug. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know she sounded like that. I mean, that's just it to the intercom. The intercom adds 10 pounds. It was so screechy, though. It was so screechy. (laughs) Bizarre. What's going on out there? Mm. But I do know and Never mind, I won't get into it. Um, Don't. I'm not. So... Uh, obviously <laughs> when he says yes and Debbie writes the check, uh, Peggy's like, oh, you're, I'm going to make you proud. And then he's just like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah. And like, he like looks like a Luann, looks at Peggy. Did you already write that check? <laughs> I will not let you down as my sponsor. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What? Mrs. What the hell is she doing here? She is my stylist and like yourself, a big part of team Peggy Hill. Debbie. Did you finish writing up that check? Yes, Buck! Oh, sh- oh. <laughs> I also think, I mean, like, sure, that's a fine idea to go ask Buck Strickland, of all people, to fund a beauty pageant. That is his foray. That is what he's into. He would do that in a heartbeat. But get Hank well, to I- ask. Like, why on earth? Like, like, she's strong and independent. She doesn't need Hank to do I understand that, but I also feel like that threatens Hank in a in a way that Hank wouldn't stand by in most other episodes. And I don't know why that part wasn't brought to our attention. Why, well, like that conversation I, I was before def- or after? To, like, to Hank's defense, I would probably think that he's just like, "Well, Peggy, Peggy's on a tear. Like, I can't stop her." True. Because Buck's like, "Oh yeah, Hank says he got a business proposition for me." It's like I can't believe Hank vouched for them. Like I thought he would have been like, "No, Buck's a busy guy. Don't." bother him with this like, oh she did say that yeah hank did yeah but i guess yeah but i don't know i just again it just kind of comes back to i guess i get that this episode they didn't have a lot of time to tell any story clearly but like oh, they had they had the same amount of time as any other episode no but they clearly wanted to focus on peggy yeah. and i guess hank takes like a super back seat but even in those episodes where it's like Hank making big decisions, he talks to Peggy. Like, we see those scenes where Peggy gets to speak her mind. And, like, even though we see Hank, I don't know. He's not allowed to speak his mind because of the sensitivity that Peggy has on the subject, right? Yeah, but it also, in this episode, we're led to believe that that causes him no no struggle. I mean, fair enough. I think just with, like, the whole setup of the first time that we see him talk about it, is like, do you think I can win? He's like, that's a loaded question. Kind of sets up his M.O. for the episode of I'm not getting fucking involved. True. Like, I'll support my wife, but, like, I know... Asking his boss for $2,000 for, like, a f- to throw it into the goddamn drain. <laughs> Especially because... Like, that's, hey, that's getting involved. 
I've asked my boss for $2,000 for Schweppes pants. <laughs> hey, that's the best idea you ever had. They're in a box in the fucking warehouse. Well, that's, not, that's your fault. <laughs> no, we tried to give them away. Blaine wants to buy a set. I'll take a Schweppes suit. <laughs> Come on, Schweppes suit. It's great. It's beauty. Everybody wants them. Maybe if they had pockets, they'd be better. Yeah, maybe they're, they're pretty dope, but it's the next scene. Like it's so quick after Buck agrees, you know, Buck gets tricked, I should say, to give away two thousand dollars, and we see how underqualified Peggy is for this beauty pageant. So she's there in her fucking tennis outfit, and she doesn't go for an attractive tennis suit. Like, I mean, that like, she has that dumb visor that props up her hair. Like she's got a bun under it. Did you guys see that? She looks like an old woman who goes and plays tennis. Yeah. Not with the, like, this is basically the swimsuit contest for it the is like I know. It's like, this is like, like, a, like you don't dress like a... Like a recreational... Six-year-old woman going to play tennis <laughs> yeah. at the rec hall. At your retirement community's rec hall. Wait, she might as well have bought the white pants at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she looks horrible. And this is one of my, another one of... Uh, my favorite scenes from the episode is that old uh, choreographer, I guess. I yeah, love him. Yeah. He's the best. Terrific girls. Mrs. Hill, that was awful. <laughs> We're going to go again. And this time I want Mrs. Hill to sit this one out and watch me. I Raymond, hold my cane. Oh, I know. Again, deleted scene, I bet you. Probably. Would have been at least. Oh, he gets his boy Raymond to hold his cane. <laughs> yeah, so he, he goes up there all feeble. He can do like, this like, oh, do it better than her. I love it. And yeah. she's like, and and yeah, we don't even get. It's just... Now she goes to talk to Nancy. Yeah, we see oh, Peggy this is... talking with her best friend okay. Nancy backstage, and it's a very strange conversation. And we see Nancy um, be less of a friend and more of a beauty pageant judge. She takes know? it very seriously. Yeah, she well, can tell. Right? She's in her element. She is, and Peggy's like trying to take her out of it. She's, oh, we can really ch- you know spice things up this year. We can change things. Like it's, and Nancy's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like. And Peggy lists the traditional beauty pageant winners, who's a woman like Nancy. And Peggy suggests who the winner should be in her eyes, and it's a woman like Peggy. And Nancy's just like, uh... She takes offense to it. Yeah, exactly. As she should. And again, like... I think women like you shouldn't be in a pageant if you're not prepared to be judged by women like me. Yeah. That's 100% right. It's 100% true. It's not like... It's why it's, I don't enter a golf tournament, because I know I'm not going to win. And it's I'm like, not even going to compete, because I do not deserve to be judged by people on a golf course. Because I don't golf. Like, it's just not my avenue. And, like, and, and she's not saying that, Peggy, you shouldn't be in this pageant. She's not saying that. No. no. She's saying you shouldn't be in it people if you're like not... Yeah, well, yeah, but, like, you know what I mean. She's saying you shouldn't be in it if you're not prepared to be judged by yeah. people like me. So it's like you can go in and try your hardest, and if you're prepared to what you're going to face, then by all means take it. And go you know what? It. This episode she's not could have ready. taken a good turn here where Peggy either realizes, like, something, but no, she doesn't. She just kind of, like, c- carries on as normal and, like, mm-hmm. Decides. Well, I guess this is that. That is this is the incident where she decides to become what she thinks a girl like that is, or a woman like yeah, that which is. Which, like again, defeats the whole purpose of why she came into the exactly the pageant. She's losing all of her values, and all of what makes yeah, Peggy just Peggy. Just for a truck. If, if you want to believe that, that's exactly. what we're that's what we're supposed that's what we're to, believe, to believe. Is that it's for a truck. But you know what is. She's but she is losing all of her sight of her character and all of Peggy as Peggy. And it's just to become nothing. And well, 
I we'll mean, get there. Th- we'll get there. <laughs> and one thing I did like is that Peggy drops a Billy Crystal reference. Yes. Billy Crystal's cool. Mike was Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Yeah. But I uh, I also like when because we watched together the music video for Marvelous. Yeah, she says you, you look, look marvelous. I think she says you look wonderful, which is like no, she says marvelous. Does she say marvelous? Because I marvelous. Thought she, I thought she said the quote incorrectly. Why, Nancy? In the words of Billy Crystal, you look wonderful. Oh, she, she fucks oh, it by up. By the way, I was so excited to hear that you entered the past. She does too. She fucks it up because she's an idiot. Of course she does. Of course she fucking does. She's dumb. I mean, what are you doing? Being, believing in her? <laughs> wow, Billy Crystal yeah. is cool and he's funny. He and, is funny. And I, I learned a little bit about that character that he was in when he did that song, and it was interesting and marvelous. <laughs> what was that character's name? Fernando. Yeah, that that's from his album Marvelous in 1985. How's it spelled? With an H. <laughs> <laughs> it, that album did contain his single "You Look Marvelous." The album peaked at number 58 in the America and number 17 in Canada. Wow. Rather look good than feel good, baby. Yeah. Still, like I, I heard you guys listening to this song as I was getting ready for the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, let's, uh, I hope it's playing right now in the background. If it's not, you should just cue it up a second. Billy Crystal, yeah. You know him from uh, When Harry Met Sally. Uh, Throw Mama from a Train. Yeah, Throw Mama uh, from a Train. That movie fucked me up. I liked it a lot when course, I was younger. I saw it too young, probably. Monsters Incorporated. Our dad loved Throw Mama from a yeah. Train. Oh, yeah. And like we watched it a lot. We did. With dad. And I, I probably, again, watched it a little bit too young for the concept. Uh, is it Danny get... DeVito in it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. It's, it's really Danny weird. DeVito's mama that we're throwing from the Have train. Have you seen it? No. Danny DeVito's weird in it. Like it's it's the it's probably my favorite movie Danny DeVito's ever been in. Uh. The night was dark. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. I only know Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. But uh, yeah, no Billy Crystal. I think I'm gonna do a lot more research into like stuff that he's done because he seems like a really funny, intelligent man. He's a frequent Oscar and Saturday Night Live host. Uh. And he was a cast member in SNL also. He feels like a good friend to have. <laughs> he is a good comedian. I like him. I, I like he's him funny. too. I like that he like made like a song like this in character. And like it did so well. Yeah. Because it was just Number so 17. on par. Like it, it's a comedy song. Like, I don't know. Did Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song get that high? Probably. Probably. I don't know. I like comedy songs. I remember as a kid, I went through a phase where I didn't listen to any music unless it was like satire. <laughs> I mean, B.A. Johnston is still the is still Canada's best kept secret. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not listening to B.A., just go. Just yeah. listen. He's to on him. Spotify. He's on everywhere. And if you live in Canada, he's coming to a city near you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's actually in Japan right now. But back to the sad, sad episode. Well, Peggy has a very dashing dress that she's trying on. Oh, you mean that boxy shoulder pad looking thing? Oh, Ice yeah. toners making dresses, though. God, that would have been better. Like, this is, she's like, she's so awkward. She's like trying to bend her knees and like flare the dress out she to look so attractive. Bad. And uh, Luann's response to it. Oh, don't you look smart? <laughs> 
<laughs> like that's what you say to Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's at Humpty's. Yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously. Hal Dumpty's, not Humpty's. H Dumpty's. H Dumpty's. <laughs> yeah. Dumpty's, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Peggy realizes that she just ain't got the stuff yet, so she has this wonderful idea, this marvelous idea to highlight her hair. <laughs> but Luann. Oh, you don't think that's a good idea? No, it's a good idea. It's just that highlights was a two-part class, and I missed both parts. <laughs> this is like when she failed repeat. <laughs> and because it didn't clear. Luann is the best. She really is. I don't think that's very fair. She's the only one who has any realistic reactions to anything in this episode. <laughs> She's she's the only one t- like uh, she's like, the only character in this episode that would who be has... emotionally tied to a beauty pageant because she cares so much yeah. about how people. She's would look. not even just that, but like no, the like, things that like... happen to her. She's the only one who like has like any real re- any real reactions. Like Hank just continuously acts like a fucking brick until I like, guess the end. She just makes me laugh with her like like always just like failing. Like I can't speak for you, Dustin, because we didn't. We were in the same grade, but like her beauty school career reminds me of how me and Denim approach high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mass like, essentials, what's yeah. up? Yeah. Oh man, anything to not be in school. Yeah. A lot of I, bet, I bet you both took earth science. Yes, yeah. dude. <laughs> I took earth science 11 in grade 13. Your coach <laughs> taught me, and that is probably the only reason I got such a good grade, yeah. is because. You were the MVP on the football team. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I took earth science. God damn. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I took physics. Smarty pants. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm behind the computer. <laughs> it is. It really is. But anyways. Well, we can't forget oh, yeah. men uh, oh, yeah, getting yeah, her reaction yeah, 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 yeah. to Peggy's highlights. Yeah, they go outside and uh, Min's watering her garden and immediately... Bozo! Where your clown car, Peggy here? Hey, you look like the Ronald McDonald, you bozo Peggy here. <laughs> She's so stuck up. Not even say hello. <laughs> you bozo. <laughs> just ragging on her. I love God. it. Okay. <laughs> and, like, and then Buck is ragging on her neck. Oh my god, I <laughs> like this flyers. short scene. Why even the flyers? I don't know. Like, like, why do you need a headshot? Is it for like people that are in, like, watching the pageant to like flip through, kind of like you know before? I don't. He called it the flyers. Like, it looked like he was canvassing the town in flyers. I'm I assuming they thing. Well, no, it would be a it maybe. Would, it would be a pamphlet for every contestant. Like, this is Peggy Hill. This is who she's sponsored by. I'm assuming that this is just the page that they opened it to was I, Peggy's. I imagine you know when we used to go to the theater where like they would have a headshot a of a person and yeah, yeah it's a program. program. Yeah, I guess so. But he had like a stack of like p- printer paper sized like flyers. It looked like didn't mm-hmm. look like a program. I mean, maybe yeah. afterwards. I think it's it was like meant you were to be a huge a fan. I guess you had so. one of those flyers. You get it signed by the. That's a program, but he called them flyers. Yeah, he did. So anyway, regardless of why they're making them, she... Peggy wasn't smiling. Oh, she's so flop bug. Like <laughs> she looks <laughs> awful. She even looks worse. So bad. And the Xerox, a, the frown. It's like a Hank, takes a, Hank takes a good look at. It. He's like, she could have smiled at least. She is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and Hank. Hank is a good man, a better man than Peggy. And uh, <laughs> but I like that Pe- uh, Peggy's in bed and she's like, "This is now." She's starting to realize that she's trying to open up to Hank. And like, I do think this is funny because like I know the woman that she's talking about, 
and, the white pants lady? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, she's totally that. And she totally should be. But, like, yeah, she's, like, trying to order the white pants and she'll be in them by noon tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can get them at noon. I can be in them by one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, like, yeah, and then she's just, like, and then Hank's, she, like, asks him another loaded question and, like, lashes out at him about being in the white pants, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, oh, so you've thought about it, Yeah, huh? oh, you've thought about it. Because Hank's like, you could, you will be, but not in a, for a long, yeah, long you time. You will be for a long time. And it's like, oh, so you've thought about it. I hate loaded questions. It's just, oh, this God. is, yeah. It makes me want to answer nothing. Try being married to Peggy, jeez. And the, Hank is such a good guy. The next scene we see, and he is stepping across the hedge that separates the Gribbles in the Hill's yard with a tray of brownies. And Dale's out there. Picking up cigarette butts. Oh, is that what he was doing? Yeah. With a, oh, for some reason, I thought he was like dirt fishing. No, Yo, he had a cigarette and he's picking up his own. And butts. he has a satchel <laughs> that he's putting. <laughs> I assume saving them for later. But I he's like, know. well, that or so nobody gets his DNA. But he, yeah, eh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he's like examining it so clearly. Yeah. I was like, it's, I was wondering if he was trying to think of like, is this mine? It's like, yeah, if it's someone else is smoking in my yard. It reminds me of that time I was waiting in line at the bumper cars at the local carnival. Did <laughs> I ever tell you about this? I think so. I was... I mean, which one? (laughs) I was like... Okay, I was like pretty young, I think, at this point. I was like... I didn't smoke at this point. I was like 13 or 14? 13? I think I might have been younger. I didn't smoke. Um, And uh, I was standing in line at the bumper cars, and this carny comes over, and he gets all angry at me, and he's just like, get out of the way! And I was like, what am I doing? I'm just in line. And then, like, I walked, like, three steps over out of line and he just like bent down and picked up all the cigarette butts that I was standing on <laughs> and like my friend was like was like oh man he thought you were gonna steal those butts <laughs> Cardies, you know circus folk nomads you know smell like cabbage <laughs> this guy smelled worse than cabbage oh, God. this guy smelled like this house coat <laughs> I like I like that uh, back in the scene that like Dale finally has the upper hand, like in in a situation. <laughs> he wants that ratchet. Set. He pushes the he pushes the envelope a little bit yeah, too hey, hard. I'm done with that ratchet. When are you ever done with a ratchet set? <laughs> you don't know when you need it. That's why you buy it. Well, yeah, it's like yeah, sure. The actual task that you need it for is going to take two seconds. Just a little reminder, Hank. My wife is the judge of your wife's beauty pageant. Keep it. Borrow it, or I'll step over this hedge and kick your ass. Keep it. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I have like three ratchet sets. I always lose that damn 10 mil. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what I kind of notice is that, like, when Dale runs away and Hank steps over, the brownies get spilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later we see Peggy ask. I wouldn't put it past Dale to clean him back up and Fair blow him off. Which and then for think... Nancy to throw them out. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think that, like, Nancy, like, took a bite and was like, why is there dirt in this? Like, Peggy, you're terrible. I just have a feeling that Nancy wouldn't. Would. And again, if we do know Peggy's brown Betty, Which like, you're... those brownies are awful. Yeah, I'm sure where H- they belong. Hank probably bought them. <laughs> yeah, they're and two bites. a favor through two, 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 two bites. I bought another tray after yeah, Dale bites. yard sale. Two bites are ones. so good. If somebody wants to buy my favorite, two bites is where it's. <laughs> I would way rather eat a two bite brownie than watch this episode ever again. <laughs> but the next scene, we're backstage uh, in the dressing room, and we see Luann coming in to Peggy's area yeah and she notices another stylist teasing her hair 
Excuse me, but I think you've made a mistake. <laughs> You're teasing the wrong contestant's hair. It's okay. It happened to me yesterday. It reminds me of, like, the old lady. I need a new person. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them can hear you. So, Peggy's new stylist, a.k.a. Marcy. She's voiced by American model and occasional actor Carol Alt. Now, Carol Alt rose to fame in 1982 when she was featured on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Now, during the 1980s, she went on to grace over 500 magazine covers and become the face of ad of major ad campaigns for brands 500 like... 500 magazines? 500 magazine covers. covers. So probably multiple, one magazine multiple times as well, probably. Maybe, but that's mm -hmm. a lot of It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And she also became uh, the face of ad campaigns for major brands like CoverGirl Cosmetics, General Motors, and Diet Pepsi. You could star in a headache commercial. <laughs> I just started drinking Diet Pepsi. You no, started drinking Pepsi Zero. I started drinking Pepsi Zero because that's the one for uh, young males in my age range. Nice. That's correct. That's, nice. that's why it is invented. <laughs> now, Carol Alt is also a confirmed puck bunny, having married former... A puck new... bunny. Yeah. Puck nice bunny. term. Let's, let's just bring out the Canadian dictionary here. A puck bunny. <laughs> She's a groupie for hockey players, all right? Now, she married former New York Rangers defenseman Rob Greshner in 1983 and also went on to have a 16-year relationship with Russian superstar Alexei Yashin, who was... Alexei. Who was 13 years her junior. I think he was the... I th wait, 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 I wait, think wait. he was the judge on the swim shoot. He was 13 years younger than her. <laughs> Yes, dude, she's I, such a puck bunny. She <laughs> is a puck cougar. Dude. Uh, good times. Man, way to go, Marcy. Marcy the stylist. Wow, way to go, Marcy. She's like, uh, she's no bullshit, too, because like when she's talking with Peggy, Peggy's like, can you fix this? She's like, mm, I don't know, spin. Like, yeah. <laughs> It'll be my greatest challenge yet. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Alexei the name of the the, the swim shoot? Uh, the, bo the boggle. Yeah, he's the boggle oh, announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, we still have to get through Peggy basically firing Luann. And mm -hmm. it's funny her reasoning because she wants to be more professional because this is a professional and beauty Luann pageant. And Luann makes a point. This is a professional beauty pageant. No, it's an amateur beauty pageant, Aunt Peggy. And she still gets fired because of her attitude. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and 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 like, it's not. It's like throughout the episode, Peggy's just been a bitch, for, and it's like to no end. And again, I like, hate it. Just, I hate it. I want to defend Luann a little bit more because when we do see Peggy, like you know, um, um, gussying up for the sh the show, it's her idea. She's not letting Luann do anything. Like it's her shitty. Blue dress that she wears, and Peggy's or Luann's like, it's oh, you look duct smart. Tape on her ass. Is her dumb <laughs> idea to highlight her hair? Yeah. And Luann's like, I and don't that think makeup, it's all like, her idea. It's all her. Like the she's only not one letting that's working Luann. On is Bill. And, and Luann, I think more more so that she just is happy to be included as a stylist in a beauty pageant that she overlooks Peggy's like shortcomings in it. But she's the only one who like unequivocally supports her throughout the whole episode 100%. up until this point. Until she gets fired, and and there's no ass. closure on this, really. I mean, there. I guess we see the revenge at the end, <laughs> but like, there's no. But like, this is the heart of the episode: is Luann's, just like you're saying, like she's just interested in it because it's something she likes. It's not that she's like, oh, Peggy's gonna win or Peggy's gonna lose. She doesn't care. 
I get yeah. to do Peggy's hair. And I get she's to do, in a beauty pageant. She I'm wants, a stylist for a beauty pageant contestant. I'm an amateur stylist in an amateur pe- pageant for Mrs. Heimlich County. And it's like, and Peggy's just. This is Luann's Alley, and she's drinking beer in it. <laughs> yes. Know? That's like, a good one. That's it. I like it. And yeah, and, and Peggy's just, Peggy's just getting no, making no friends in this episode. But everybody is just staying silent. And letting her do her thing. It's a trigger. And by the end of it, she doesn't figure anything out. Mm-hmm. No, like, we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. Uh, so we see uh, the last of Peggy. Uh, I did want to mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, she comes home with a makeover? Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, wait. There's one thing I wanted to mention just because uh, it's an animation blunder. Very small, but it's nice to point these out. When the Marcy tells her to spin... She, she gets up, she spins, and she has no makeup on her face. But when it's a cut to like a middle, like a medium shot of both Marcy and Peggy, and we can see Peggy in the mirror, Peggy's got makeup on her face. So it's like uh, a little bit of a blunder, a little inconsistent. Only in the mirror? Only, like, you can see it on her face and in the mirror, but only in that shot. So it's like oh, she I doesn't see. have makeup on, and then it pans to both of them, and they she does have makeup on. So it's just a right. little thing. Good, good catch. Yeah, good I, mean, catch. I was trying to find something. I feel like there are these animation blunders are harder to find as we move on. Like they are getting really good, which is good. I mean, they should be. Yeah, no doubt. She comes home and she's all made over, and she tries making the joke with Hank that it's an affair, and Ladybird's barking at her, oh, and she doesn't recognize her, and it's just all cringy. It's so and creepy. And like, like there's only uh, one. Peggy's like, so not herself here. And the makeup, I guess it's supposed to, like, not, and it also, to us, it doesn't look normal. But it looks like, like, Dude, Min was right. It was bad like, at, bad at, bozo. like, bozo. the blush on her cheeks looks like clown makeup. Like, it is it's bad. bad. It's bad animation. It's not blended at all. I think it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, she gotta get that blend on. Uh, honestly, and again, like, be- Bobby's the only shining light that makes this not as awkward as it would have been. Whoa, <laughs> ah, you look like you can <laughs> star in a headache commercial. <laughs> in a headache commercial? Which, which one of you is telling me this is Lady Bird's first speaking role? <laughs> oh, yeah, the internet says that, like, that Lady Bird, like, was a non-speaking character in it? I love it because, like, one of the things that we mentioned, I think, in the, the do's and don'ts is, or that Dust mentioned the do's and don'ts, is that Lady Bird always acts like an animal. Yep, always. And, like, with my dog, if, like, he'll have my friends that'll come over and he'll be completely friendly with them, and then they come over with, like, a toque and sunglasses yeah. on, all of a sudden he doesn't recognize them, yep. he barks like that. Yeah. So, like, this is a really good... Uh, that is true. You have to take <laughs> off your hat when, when yeah. Lefty's yeah. around. When dogs and then around. he's like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> he's like, oh, I know you. You, have the, you usually have burgers. Where's your burgers? <laughs> But, uh, of course, you're right. Like you mentioned, Denim. I have uh, to drive by A&W to go to Miles' house. It's true. Have to. You do. If the service wasn't so terrible at that A&W, I would spend a lot more time there. It's a very inconvenient drive-thru. Oh, it's it's run by mutants. It takes <laughs> forever to get your food. You always they always make you loop around and sit in that loser yeah, stall outside of the I fucking restaurant. Always contemplate bringing a lawn chair to the Dairy Queen downtown. <laughs> Oh, like, that's like the only Dairy Queen in the world that doesn't follow by the upside down blizzard or it's free because their machine's been broken for six years. <laughs> it's like that's the reason that you give me it free is because you haven't fixed the machine. Fucking Christ. Anyways, I don't know. South End fast food in this is there, town. Is there anything else we can talk about other than this episode? Uh... uh yeah, yes. I mean Peggy's whatever she's doing her thing, well, and and I she's do... uh, like, oblivious to the, everything that's going on, and her family is just supporting her, and she doesn't give a shit. And like, okay, I 
I know you uh, guys probably know what I'm talking about. Like, have you ever been to like a wedding or like a fancy event and you see one of your aunties that you don't really talk to because she's a little bit crazy? They're all gussied up. They're all gussied up, and then you know what that they smell like, and they want to kiss, and they do that pucker up, and you and you know what that's gonna be like. like that's wow. how I feel. And I think that's how Hank feels at this point in time because, like, she's like, oh, this is the first time you can cheat on your wife, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. he's like, oh, and he doesn't... I'm having an affair. <laughs> yeah. Huh. There. <laughs> Boy, look at me. I'm having an affair. But Hank is absolutely repulsed by Peggy and her new form after her makeover. And we see the next scene. And that would have been an interesting, interesting point to see Hank, like, be like, fuck, like, my, you're not the woman I married. He never, like comes around and no no she's just she's a shadow of her former self but it's just like oh i'll paint my truck white (laughs) surprise it's red next week this is the most depressing episode we've ever had this is this is this is this is really a sad episode saddest episode i've ever been on with us yeah this is a sad episode because like i just don't feel any of the heart that king of the hill has had none none this isn't my only outlet to complain about it yeah Yeah. no so later that night, we see Peggy with her new sleeping regimen, and she's got, like, a mask on. She's getting, like, oh misted by some... Oh, my God, she looks she, like fucking... She has socks on her hands, and I'm assuming the socks are filled with lotion. Yeah, a I think. Fire. Yeah, she's got... And, like, Hank can't sleep, and you can tell that he's, like, visibly, like, annoyed by well, it. that thing's loud, and mm-hmm. it's probably bothering him because he doesn't... Dude, she's dressed like Captain Cold from The Flash. <laughs> have you seen... Have you seen Captain Cold? This is... This is Captain Cold. Yes, that's who she looks like. <laughs> that's it, dude. Yeah, she's just like Captain Cold from The Flash. Google yeah, it. You'll she is completely to. ridiculous, and that's just a quick little shot because the next scene we have is probably the shining light of the episode. The entire episode. It's... The best part, my favorite part, the only part worth watching. Never stand employed, and you didn't destroy it. And we're looking nothing all day. And you will take your care of business every day. Take your care of business in every way. Take your care of business. It's all right. Take your care of business. Work it overtime. Work out. Bill sounds like a modern day Vince Neil trying to get out. Big Mac 103. <laughs> Wingo, man. Uh, anyway, this is that was BTO or Bachman Turner Overdrive for you non-informed. Uh, that is a band. You from, narcs. Yeah, all you narcs out there. It's a band from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, after leaving the Guess Who, Randy Bachman started the band Brave Belt. After a not very successful first album and a canceled tour. Randy hired uh, his brother Tim Bachman and Fred Turner to join his band. And after some other personnel changes, uh, they were back in 1973 with, the, with their album BTO, Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Um, the first album, there's, not, there's no songs on there that are on the radio. Uh, but BTO 2, from December that year, 1973... Saw their hits Taking Care of Business and Let It Ride. Uh, and those ser- songs have been heard on Canadian radio stations across the nation 600 times a day, thanks to Canadian <laughs> 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 Or CanCon. 
I want to change my vote. I think Hey You would be my favorite. Hey song. You. Nah, nah, yeah, that's nah, a good nah, one. Nah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Is is uh, American Woman just... That's that's the Guess Who. The Guess... BTO is so much better than the Guess Who. See, I, dis- I 100% disagree. American Woman is my least favorite song of all time, I think. Okay, that's I not a very good song. fucking hate it. American Woman, you know what? I would like that song if it wasn't for the Lenny Kravitz version. That one's even worse, but the original's bad too, I think. I, I just hate True. it. True. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I mean, like, what's that one? Like a bag of goodies and a bottle of wine. We're going to get it all right tonight because it's the new mother nature taking over. No sugar. No sugar tonight. Yeah, that's, it. that's a great song because Randy Bachman wrote No Sugar. And Burton Cummings wrote uh, New Mother Nature. And they both had, like, songs that... They both had songs that weren't full songs. Mm-hmm. And so they just started, like, like, re- like making a song. That song's right. a jam. It's great. Though it I'm starts not... out with one half, and then they have their second yeah. verse is another half. And then the third, the end yeah. of the song, is the two of them singing mm-hmm. back and forth to each other. That song's and killer. Like, I'm not saying it's... They're a... both together. I love Burton Cummings. Mostly because when we did see them, Burton Cummings came out and he talked to us and like he signed all our shit and he was the realest dude in the world. He was so rad. And then Randy Bachman, when he drove by, he put his fucking hand up and drove past <laughs> us, like pretending not to see us. They're like, dude, the least you could do is wave. I realize you're a human man. being, you're busy, but like. My favorite Guess Who song is Running Back to Saskatoon. That's a great one. But I loved it even more because I watched the. There was a Sportsnet. Um, you know how like uh, HBO Hard Knocks will follow an NFL team around in the summertime for their training camp? It was one of those type shows, and they're following around Saskatoon's WHL team, the Saskatoon Blades. And they were like, ta- the coach was talking, and they were in their rival. I believe it was Brandon Manitoba, and he was like, "We are not fucking losing tonight because they are not playing running back to Saskatoon when the game." Ends. <laughs> I I think I think my favorite by the Guess Who might be Albert Flasher though. You just had to look on your computer. I did. I was like, what's the name of that song? It, Albert Flasher. That is a fucking... Can we listen to that one? That's a deep dive. I never even heard of that yes, one. Yes, you have. Okay, yeah. Normally <laughs> well, yeah, I'd bring us back. I don't want to go back to this episode. <laughs> I will retract my statement. I like to guess who, aside from American Woman. That song, I just, I <laughs> yeah. can't, I can't stain, get man. over it. I, I just, really like it. it is not a very good song. Uh, TCB, on the other hand, that's taking care of business for you dogs <laughs> out there. Uh, it reached number three on Canadian singles charts. And what number... the fuck <laughs> was ahead of taking good question. care of business? I didn't look it up. Uh, but I mean, generally, generally, like, like rock, kind of like the songs that we remember as the biggest rock songs kind of still lose to like right. more pop songs that right. like that makes sense. everybody like kids liked it yeah uh and, but anyway it was number 12 in america which is pretty good for a that's, canadian band that's pretty good yeah Give, tell you that but um also let's remember that randy bachman lives less than an hour away from us on a small island where he is crowned king does he still live there <laughs> yeah he does i was working there uh a month ago and I, one of the dudes there uh, who was working at the hatchery, he was uh, telling me how he he's a drummer and he jams in a band with Bachman's son. Oh, yeah. nice. Well, what's it? Tal Bachman has that song. She's so high above me. She's oh, is so... that is that is that? That's Randy Bachman's son, Tal Bachman. That okay. was his one hit. He wonder. didn't say. Oh, 
He didn't say so which. Hard. Man, why Brockman. are we always jamming here? Let's jam at your house. Yeah. <laughs> your dad's got way better snacks, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that is Salt Spring Island. It is, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where are we now? Oh, yeah, Bill's taking care of business, but he gets distracted when Buck Strickland's yellow convertible Cadillac drives by with none other than Mrs. Peggy Hill riding shotgun. That's, and, that's the end of my notes. I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> BTO is the end of it. And that. Bill's mesmerized because Peggy even like looks over and does like the little queen wave at him. And oh, yeah, we like, were talking about that scene. We're talking about King of the Hill. Oh, shout out to that dude on YouTube whose top comment yeah, was... that's hilarious. Was, uh, Bill from King of the Hill brought me here. <laughs> yeah, it was like three months ago. Shout out to that dude. Yeah. Fucking right. I hope he's a listener. Yeah, I know, Bill has his jaw on the floor because even before the makeover, Peggy was oh, the man shit. of his dreams. I want to. Uh, I, I texted you about this when we watched the episode originally. What car is that? Oh yes, I was just about to bring that up. Actually, I forgot, but you just reminded me. But I have it written down, so never fear, no worries. As I, I do, somebody did some notes. Yeah, as I do my notes when there's a new vehicle in the show, I uh, I reach out to my friends at the IMCDB or the Internet Movie Cars database, and they have Bill's cars. This one. There was not very much of a discussion whatsoever. Now, you guys watched the episode a little bit before me, uh, before you guys tripped to Vegas, and you, Denim, you asked me. And I can't remember. What was your thought of the car? You thought it was a... You thought it was a Toyota or some shit. I it? thought it no, looked like... No, it was a it, no, Chevy oh, Nova. No, a Chevy Nova 2, yeah. which is a Toyota. And I thought it was but a I Scirocco. Did, I thought it was the, the Nova Volkswagen 2. Volkswagen Scirocco. Yeah. I uh, thought it was a Nova 2 because I thought for sure Bill had a uh, American car. Yeah, that's and as why soon as Miles me told out. me what it was, and I Googled it, I am 100% on board with, the, with mm-hmm. this one. It so, makes sense. Yeah. And I believe it what is actually the next episode Bill actually says what oh, his car really? is. Um, in one episode he does, and I believe it's the next one. But Bill's car is to believed, and it's not even to believe. Bill's car is a 1985 to 1998 Ford Escort. Yeah, it is 100%. And if you notice that, that there is that sticker on the back like hatch mm-hmm. it says a-r-m-y i didn't oh <laughs> oh it's an army sticker oh. it's, a, it's a smart color i like yeah. the color it's not an army green but it's a nice green like mm-hmm. i yeah for so are we time, gonna we believe no idea if he even drove well i i want to i also want to say well no because we knew that he hit that leanne steals his truck in leanne's Maybe saga this was her car. which is the last episode Tricia Garcia directed. Oh, interesting. And, uh, nice. And this looks new. Mm-hmm. Also, it Bill's cleaning clean. it. And I feel like Bill doesn't clean much that's been in his life for more than <laughs> a month. <laughs> Bill so. was having a lot of fun. I feel like this was maybe the first sunny day in a while or something. Like he was, it's Texas. He was, he was living it up. Maybe he knew that Peggy was going to be leaving for the pageant that you day. You know what? Bill's just out there to be out taking there. care of business. <laughs> <laughs> just no words, but that's okay. It's he's funny because like, Peggy's going – like she's on her way to meet with the judges. So like at this point, it's probably still a.m. time and Bill's like just fucking sauced. Well, yeah, this isn't the first so... time – it is not the first time we've seen him drinking in the morning. No. no, he's having a blast on his Saturday morning. At least he's morning. not crying, guys. At least he's not no, crying. No, he's happy. Yeah. This is definitely the happiest we've seen Bill in a while. Uh, you know, I normally I would say, like, I want to see more in, of Bill in this episode, but I think we get a good dose of Bill yeah, in I, relation to Peggy in this episode. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm happy with the amount of Bill that I've gotten because, again, we did see that little snippet of him at the pageant. Yep. We got his feelings at the alley. Yep. We see him now. Yeah. He really is what's keeping me watching the show. Yeah, he's <laughs> the best part of this episode. Uh, but you know what? I really did also love the Spanish judge. Oh, that was classic. 
I loved him a lot. So, Los Estudiantos, mis amigos. It says here in your application that you speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Sí, absolutamente. En la escuela intermedia de Tom Landry, soy maestra substituta de español. Peggy Hill, la revolución digital definitivamente ha cambiado nuestras vidas. Como esposa y una madre, ¿cómo planea viajar al expreso de información entre el próximo milenio? Sí. Sí, amigo. I love that they subtitled this one. Yeah. Oh, man. I you, loved it. Do you know who voices the um, Spanish-speaking judge? Let me let me just guess. Very, very famous. Um, not necessary to our generation, but the 1970s, he was a star. I have no fucking clue. Uh, think motorcycles. Think L.A. Highway Patrol. Chips. Thinking chips. Yes, that's chips. Eric. That's name. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Eric yeah, Estrada okay. is an American actor best known for playing Officer Paunch, uh, from 1977 until 1983. Maybe a five. I can't read my writing. I think it's a three. But yeah, it's chips. Well, at least they pulled out a nice heavy hitter to roast Peggy mm-hmm. internationally, <laughs> bilingually, because. She gets torn apart. Yeah, his question is: his question is in the new age of technology, yeah. how do you expect to, to safely cruise the web into the new millennium? Yeah, exactly. she just says yes. She, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> but like, friend? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> Before uh, Mr. Estrada has his uh, cameo, when uh, because Peggy's sitting down with all three judges, and she's like, uh, "Oh, Nancy, did you get the uh, the brownies?" She yeah. goes, "Yes, I did, Mrs. Hill." Did you get the brownies? I sent you as a friend. <laughs> yeah, I said, yes, I did, Mrs. Hill. Uh, threw them out immediately because yeah. they were disgusting. And, and they had grass on them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Cigarette butts. <laughs> so we get Luann is just she's she's taking this in stride. I like it. She's got her a uh, few of her favorite things. She's humming. Uh, the song from The Sound of Music, as she's just grabbing Peggy's glasses, dancing around the house, down the hall. I love this scene, by the way. And just, like, flicks the garburetor on and drops them in it. And Pe- and Hank walks in and says he just finished getting Peggy's shoe out. Now he's thinking it wasn't a mistake. I like uh, I like that when we watched this together, you had mentioned something that I thought was a really good observation because I thought it too. I thought it was more of like a Bobby noise, but you're right. It's a Dale noise. Yeah, it is. Yeah, when Luann is noticed by Hank. Luann, I just spent two hours picking one of Peggy's shoes out of that disposal. I'm beginning to think it wasn't an accident. Do they call it a disposal? I call it a garburetor. Listen to this. He calls it a disposal, which I thought was fucking weird. Is that a brand? It's a brand. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, because it's like a garbage disposal. Is garburetor a brand? Garburator, I think, is another name for a garbage disposal. No, but is it a brand of I'm not disposal? Because sure. I've I... never had one in my house. I've only ever heard people call them garburators. I've heard garbage disposal yeah. is like that's what they are. I guess that's yeah, like that the official sense. name of what the. I've just heard garburator. The, to Fair me enough. now, that sounds like it might be a brand. I mean, maybe kind of like the Kleenex as a tissue. Yeah, or Brita as a filter. Yeah, exactly. So it's like uh, disposal. Because, uh, yeah, I thought it was funny the way that he pronounced it, and it is because it definitely is uh, a brand name. Did you think for a second that that was the American pronunciation of disposal? I thought Hank was just doing <laughs> one of his, like, vanilla things, you know? How sometimes he pronounces stuff funny. a little bit odd. Yeah. So, can you guess what their slogan is? 
We dispose all. <laughs> Always at your disposal. <laughs> dispose all is your local, family-owned, and operated trash and recycling solution. I just love uh, Luann's, how she gets retribution with, with people. Like, you remember when Hank gets the job at the Megalomart? And yeah. she flushes. <laughs> How uh, are you gonna get the <laughs> But it's actually Peggy's keys. Yeah. She flushes down, and like she's humming to herself, twirling around the house with Peggy's glasses that she's like exactly destroyed. Yeah, it's good. Like this is like, and what is that's and, some shiny pines fucking <laughs> shit. It's great. Right. It's not like she wants to sabotage the pageant. She just wants to fuck Peggy's life up because she's already yeah. at the pageant. Her shoes, yeah. glasses, she and she's having a great time while she's mm-hmm. doing it. I, I do think that, that Luann's reactions to everything in this episode are, like, fair. realistic. Yeah. I don't know if it's fair, because I don't think that I don't really mm-hmm. condone, like, that exactly, because that's a little harsh, but it's her reaction, and yeah. whatever. I, but well, I think it's a real reaction, whatever it is. Hank. But I do think that I, I, I at this time, I think also Hank, like tries to talk her out of it he tries one, to level it's, with her it's that but scene. it's like it's the, it's the meeting with the father you know the it's that, it's that yeah scene, right? but it's like it's also like it's like come on like love... hank see what your wife is doing like this mm-hmm. isn't the conversation you need to have you need to have this conversation with peggy and we never see that conversation and i like that as the viewer um and the opinions that we all collectively hold we're still on luann's side well, I guess I should feel bad for her, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she reaches for a pop tart. Hell yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> I love it. That's shiny pie. Luann's uh, <laughs> the best. She is. She is the best. She's always been my favorite, and this is like this episode is just mm-hmm. on top. I would have loved to see more of her, but she does. She does serve her purpose well in this episode. Mm-hmm. And now, the next scene that we find ourselves at is the one that I really didn't want to be the one who starts off the talking point for. Yeah. But as of the colored markers... in purple. That's the, you. The colored markers go, and it's always randomly decided, and I ended up with the worst talking point of the episode. Duct tape Peggy saggy ass. That's what it says. <laughs> Read it. Duct tape Peggy saggy ass. Yeah, that's my writing, too. And so we find ourselves, we're backstage... Uh, this is mere minutes before the Mrs. Heimlich County beauty pageant, and Peggy, for some reason, is just realizing now that she is not nearly as attractive as she thinks she is. <laughs> Her ass Only is now. sagging on the floor. And she doesn't even realize it. She's bossing everybody around like she deserves her ass to be fucking duct taped up. Yeah. And Buck Strickland is just hanging around because he's invested two G's into this fucking idiotic campaign to be Mrs. Heimlich County. What's an extra 90 cents? Yeah. Because they send her on a run for some duct tape. Mr. Strickland? Yeah. We need duct tape. Silver or gray? Silver. All purpose or premium grade? No, oh, what the hell? I'm already in this for two grand. What's another 90 cents? <laughs> They're going to need the premium grade anyway. They will need the premium grade. And we found out he bought gray standard edition duct tape. <laughs> Did you know that that's like actually like a normal thing that like girls do? Tape their asses? I mean, maybe not their ass, but I know that, like, I, like sometimes they'll, you know... Well, tape, stuff tape, it. <laughs> tape their uh, chest up to make them more perky when they have a certain dress that maybe they're... Like, with tight. duct tape? Well, usually... It's no, like it's they got double-sided tape, tape. Tape like that, but, like, tape is a common thing you use to, like, position your body how you want when you're in... Mm-hmm. That's so horrible. Like that. Imagine, like, going out for a boys' night. Tape it, it up. <laughs> <laughs> it down the side, like... <laughs> 
the it's a double standard. We got the right head on that. Don't knock it. We did. You know yeah. what? This I just got a memory I didn't even know I had. So there's this show that used to be, I think it was on the comedy network or something like or no, it was on Spike. Kids in the Hall? It was on fucking Spike. Oh, how it was called ways Keys to, to the VIP. Oh my god, that show. And there was like it's like a competition of who can pick up the most ladies. Fuck that. And show. then there's this one thing where it's like a challenge or something. No, it was one guy, his strategy was that he gets a cucumber. And he tapes it to his leg to go to the bar. And that's like, he's like, it works every time, boys. Like, <laughs> it's his thing. And he suggests that you do it, too. And I remember a lot of people are like, dude, that's fake. That's ridiculous. <laughs> a cucumber? <laughs> like, maybe a banana. Like, <laughs> a cucumber is like 18 inches long. That's absurd. I mean, that is, that's ridiculous. That's the only reason he was on that episode. Yeah, oh, really. They're like, dude, they gotta moron. get cucumber fuck around. Like, we gotta show. make fun of this guy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So he's like... Behind the curtain, we get this super awkward stage as Buck is handing out strips of duct tape underneath the curtain to Peggy's stylist Marcy as she is taping up Peggy's disgusting ass. And you do hear just like them, like hot, like raised voices, duct tapes ripping. And all of a sudden, then Peggy comes out and she is so frantic, she can't find her little jacket to make half it. Half jacket? Yeah, her oh, half jacket for her own. It's not an ensemble without half jacket. <laughs> she puts it on with the This coat is when she's on. like full diva. Yeah. She's freaking out, and then she, like, finds her way. All of a sudden, she's outside. She's queued up with all the other contestants. They're walking from, I guess, the arena to the theater. I'm not really sure how She that... doesn't have her, have her jacket on. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. She does. She has her jacket on. Yeah, she, not she all remember, the way. Because she's, like, she doing finally, the arm thing, oh, right? Like, okay. She's, like, doing the she, arm She finally on. gets it on, and then all of a sudden you hear a rip, and her ass okay. comes this undone. This makes the weirdest fucking noise. Like, it's like a... Just listen to the noise. Oh. No! could hear her cheeks thudding and of course the door closes back to the dressing rooms so peggy is standing there by herself and she's she asks helen if she has any tape because her ass has come undone at this point you would think helen would have duct tape on hand yeah well helen just says no and proceeds to roast her she's like peggy i must also let you know you forgot to put on shoes because they used all of the existing tape taping together Peggy's feet to make them look from a size 16 and a half to I don't know what a normal beauty pageant size uses, but they're tape basically them better. Like they're not taped well. That's gross. They're basically folded in half and it is offensive to the senses. And this this point, like she's like, there's no hope. Like she's totally screwed. But who shows up? Hank shows up. Our man. And I guess Riding a white horse. <laughs> We yeah. we had to end this episode somehow, and it took so long to get to the pageant, we didn't have enough time to actually see her lose. So Hank comes in, riding a white truck, who pulls up, and it's a Ford, it's not a Chevy, and uh, Peggy's like, you, you got me a truck? Honey, you bought us a new truck? No, I painted my old one. Oh. Well, she's beautiful. Yeah, but... She was before. I, I get it. It's supposed to be a sentiment for the whole theme of the episode where, Peggy, you were beautiful before you did all this, blah, 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 blah. It's, I love you. You're my wife. But again, it's just like... It's ridiculous. Like, Hank's, Hank's a handyman, and he's good with his truck, but painting his entire truck in a few hours, like, that is Didn't just ab- so absurd and so unrealistic. Like, and I was thinking about it, it's just like... You know what? A year lease on a fucking Chevy probably would have cost less. Exactly. Would have cost less. Yes. 
And Especially the truck's red next episode. Spoilers. And I mean, yes. like, can I be honest? The rest of the girls would have went inside. They don't give a shit about Hank bringing a truck. They're like, oh, like, oh. fuck, she's not coming, whatever. Let's and go like, inside, because fuck this stupid that, lady. When that was happening, I kind of expected, like, maybe one or two of them to kind of be like, aw, like, he really loves her. But they're no, they watch. turn, like, they're, they're, like, they're women like what Nancy said. They don't give a flying fuck no, about don't. They would have left like earlier if it was, you know, like... <laughs> they want to laugh at her stupid feet and a coat hanger in her jacket. Exactly. Like, it's what a dumb lady. It's mm-hmm. so dumb. It's... The whole episode is stupid. Okay. I'm drunk and mad about it. <laughs> we have to hammer out the last wait, part, and the then... Credit, wait, we got the credits, and then we get our credit final scene. thoughts. Um, we got we got Peggy once again dressed up as a fucking uh, troll. Yes. Yeah. Ah, Luann gets her revenge, and that face she makes at the end is just classic. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I like it. Yeah, she Peg, or Peggy's like gotten back to snap back to reality, and oh, they're good. Oh, <laughs> and, and she's got she, uh, Luann is you know. She's really trying to support Luann and uh, learning how to dye her hair back. And Luann's pretending she has no idea how to dye hair. So she dyes it like neon green and teases it up like a troll. It's like, troll hair. One of the action, like the little 100% dolls, the troll She's dolls. She's a troll man. <laughs> and yeah, and so, and then like Luann leaves the room and Peggy's like still giving her words of support. Like, oh, well, whatever, we'll do it again until you figure it out. And uh, trying to make amends, and, yeah. and, and Luann is just loving she it. She has this maniacal giggle that <laughs> yeah. she does on her way out. It's good. And it, then the episode ends. The episode's over. And, and we don't ever have to watch this one again. When the episode ends, it brings us to our final thoughts. <laughs> So there is a cap of twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shit. yeah, exactly. What exactly what Miles just said? Twenty minute cap. You go first. Final thoughts. I mean, I'm what I, I've said it all. I've said it all. Really, I think honestly, like this episode isn't good because a they don't make us care that Peggy should be in this situation at all. B they don't make her a good character because she's just mean to everybody, and we already don't agree with why she's here. And then. Everybody kind of just goes, except for Luann, everybody just goes along with it. Hank just, like, doesn't have his... He's not Hank in this episode. No, every it's out of character, I feel, for everybody. And it's just, like, towards the end, when it could have heart and Peggy could vocalize, like, her error of her ways and seeing how maybe she shouldn't be here, she doesn't say anything and, like... I guess you, there's something to be said about like, oh well, you know, they just understand, but it's bullshit. It's it's really stupid. Everything's stupid. The solution at the end of Hank painting his truck is just bad. Like, it would have made more sense if Hank was just like, oh, I was also on a test drive of the truck and picked her up in the truck instead. Like that would make that would make more sense. And then if and like yeah, he does say that like, oh, you were uh, you were beautiful before, but like. It just, it all, it all does not add up to a good episode for me. It's, like, just, just annoying. Yeah. I mean, it always reminded me, like, because I've had these thoughts before, but it's like, why is Hank with her? Like, why, like, why are they married? Like, why does he put up with this? Like, it's awful. And you, I hadn't seen this episode in a while. You guys had watched it before me, and you guys both texted me and were like, <laughs> this is terrible. 
This is awful. We shouldn't even do an episode on it. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to be a champion for this episode. I'm going to try and find find the good in it. And I watched it. And it like when I used to just watch King of the Hill, when I put my DVDs on, I remember like not necessarily – like I would skip over this episode. Like it, like it was awful. And when we first started doing the podcast, season one, we were all pretty anti-Peggy. And then recently – we were kind of like, she's not so bad. Like, even last episode, she just calls caught in a ferret. So, okay. And then we kind of, yeah. we kept catching ourselves being like, Peggy ain't so bad. Peggy ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. And this episode, it's like, you cannot be on her side. No. If you're a conscious fan of this show and you think she is in the right and you think that this episode is good, then I think maybe take a look in the mirror. I don't think you're a King of the Hill fan. <laughs> like, it's just bad. Like, I've, I tried to find everything I could about this episode to make it good. And it's not. Peggy is so unbearable, and like it just it's like makes me question everything I know about Hank. And (laughs) like, I don't know. I don't get it. This episode is perplexing. The only one who's consistent is Bill. (laughs) Exactly. And And when that's the truth, something's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know, Dustin. I mean, what what can I say that hasn't already been said? It is (laughs) obvious. Doesn't take care of business. I had to drink to get through this episode. I see your tower there. Yeah, I got a nice tower of beers. Uh, We all know this episode isn't good. We all know that the amount of belly laughs is inconsequential. We know that Bill is the only thing keeping this episode going. We know that Hank is irrelevant. We know Luann is the only genuine character throughout the whole thing. And Peggy carrying an episode just, she doesn't have the weight. And I don't know if that is, I don't know if that is the writers not giving her the weight or her as a character not having the strength. I don't know. Because it feels like she has the potential to build a compelling story when it's something compelling for us as well. But it just wasn't there. And I, I don't know. I do like that Buck is featured an irrelevant role, a shining light, maybe the guest stars, a Billy Crystal uh, reference here. Like again, the BTO is really the best part. The best. That's part. the thing. There was so much content in this episode for us to grab a hold of, but, but it still doesn't save it. It wasn't. It wasn't encouraging enough either. It was like it didn't get me excited. I think the. I think the thing that like you like for us like Miles was saying, the thing that redeems Peggy in every episode that we are like, oh man, she's not so bad. Is when she comes back as that mother of the family. The rock. She's like the one that you can always count on. Yeah. She's the one that she's never, she doesn't change. And when she does, she comes back to like, we know who she is. She's Peggy Hill. Like, and like, and she does her thing. But this episode, she doesn't, it doesn't come back to it. It doesn't like. There's no resolution. She doesn't apologize to, to Luann or to Hank even. Like, it's just Hank saves the day. I guess, but mm-hmm. there, there's nothing else after that. Like, if the thing was a white truck, then sure, he saves the day. Yes, but like that was not. But like, <laughs> you honestly watching this episode, you want there to be more than just the fact that Peggy wants a white truck. Like it's a materialistic want from Peggy, who's not a materialistic person, and it wasn't the love of her son. It wasn't like how like these people all supported her that like comes back to her. It was just that. Hank painted his truck so she could have her fucking white truck. And again, mm-hmm. we knew Hank felt this way from the beginning. It's not like Hank threw any 
went through any change to realize, oh my God, I got to save Peggy from this. Like that conversation with Luann, that would be the time to have Hank have a revelation of like, I need to save my wife. Exactly. But he had that. He knew from the beginning he needed to save his wife. So he (laughs) could have bought her the truck as soon as she wanted it or painted his truck as soon as (laughs) she wanted it and the story's gone. So, I mean, just for that... I will give this episode a one-year canceled lease <laughs> on a new truck and eight children. No, 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 no. Only one. <laughs> one children. I was, I, like, I was wondering where you were going to go with that. I had no idea. But the, the crowding jewel for what your point is, Denim, about the truck being so hollow and insignificant is, is the one-year lease. If they won a truck that's worth, say, twenty five to $30,000 in 1998. That's a win. She, oh, I can sell this truck. We can go on a vacation. We can both get new vehicles. Like, there's no point of having a fucking lease of a truck. How much is that? Who fucking knows? I don't know, like a couple thousand dollars? Probably yeah. like 300 a month for 12 months. Yes. Yeah. It's it's absurd. Ugh. Anyway, get me, get me out of here. I mean, what do we do? A we Matanya? We yeah. have to. <laughs> we Matanya to celebrate the end of this one. Yeah. Wimatanya. If you got through this, thank you. And we got we got more. The next one's good. Yeah. The next yeah. one's pretty yeah. darn good. We'll uh see you next time. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what you crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us. It's alright. <laughs> Work it over time. Work out. Bill sounds like a modern-day Vince Neil trying to... Yeah! Big Mac! 103.